You are listening to the American Truth Project Podcast. Please give a warm welcome to Barry Nussbaum. Great job. <laughs> Good afternoon, ladies, and a couple guys. <laughs> it's great to be with you. It's a real uh, pleasure for me to be in front of informed, politically active people that really care about America. I really feel like the future of America rests on shoulders such as yours, because without people that care enough to get involved and educate other people, this country is going in the wrong direction on a freight train. Uh, I've got a lot to cover today. Uh, Mary said to keep it under three hours, so I'll do my best. And I'll go as fast as I can, and, and hopefully we'll have enough time for as many questions as you want to ask, and I'll stay as long as you want me to stay afterwards, okay? So I'm going to cover basically five things. I'll go real quick through them, and I'll spend the most amount of time on Iran. Um, I'll talk about the Iowa caucuses. I've done a couple shows in the last week, and I'll give you my quick analysis on what happened. I want to educate you about Hillary's legal situation. It's extremely important you understand this. Uh, three, I'm going to talk about Muslim immigration, uh, immigration into Europe and what's going on there. And the reason why it's important is because some of you are living in the start of the same thing here. Uh, then I'm going to talk about Iran, and then I'm going to tell you a little bit about American Truth Project, which we've just launched, and some of you have some business cards, and I'd love to tell you about that. So let's talk about Monday night real quick. Uh, Everyone knows uh, Ted Cruz finished first, Donald Trump was second, Marco Rubio was third, and we don't care about the rest because they're not going anywhere. Uh, that's my opinion, okay? Um, I may offend a couple people. I'm sorry. That's my analysis of what the trends say nationwide. Uh, by the way, uh, the rumor is that um, Rand Paul will withdraw today. He already did? Okay, probably while I was driving. <laughs> Santorum too? I didn't hear that yet. And um, obviously Governor Huckabee a few days ago. Um, what's important, I think, to take away from a political science view is there were 13 polls taken in Iowa in the week up to uh, the caucuses, and every single one Donald Trump was ahead by either a small to a significant margin. And when the caucus goers went in to caucus, it's the biggest in history by far they picked Ted Cruz. Now, it's significant for a couple things. Um, two days before, Cruz had been interviewed on a number of uh, local and national channels and said he was against uh, grain subsidies and thought they ought to end. The Iowa corn farmers went crazy and they still caucused for him. So he said politically the wrong thing because he's that kind of guy. He'll tell you what he thinks and he won anyway. Trump really dissed the Iowa voters by not showing up at the only debate that was going to be in Iowa. It was calculated to be a smart move, and in one way it was brilliant, and in one way it backfired, and I'll tell you both what I mean. He withdrew because he doesn't like Megyn Kelly. He told Roger Ailes, the creator and um, chairman of Fox News, if he fires Megyn Kelly, 
Roger Ailes, then Donald Trump would show up. Roger Ailes has integrity and said, of course, you're not going to pick who our correspondents are. On the day of the debate, you may not know this, Trump went back to Fox News and said, if you donate $6 million to my personal charity, I will show up. To which Roger Ailes replied, that's a quid pro quo and we can't do that. So Trump decided to have his rally for veterans. Now, the good news is he raised $6 million for veterans care in the state of Iowa. It will all be distributed within Iowa. Smart guy. He then announced at the same rally he's going to do a similar rally in New Hampshire and keep all that money in the state. Smart move politically, but it wasn't enough to sway the voters. Even though, on a national scale, here's why what he did was so brilliant. The people that watched the debate were only Fox News um, viewers, because that was the only network that carried it. The fact that Trump had a rally for veterans was carried on every single newscast in America. So in terms of national coverage, he blew it up and the people in Iowa were mad about it, okay? So what's really important about the takeaway is it really didn't matter in Iowa because in terms of delegates, let me get this math right, uh, Trump gets, sorry, Cruz gets eight, Trump gets seven, Rubio gets seven. So in the scheme of things, this is insanely non-consequential, but it's all about perception. And Rubio, in my opinion, was the big winner because he finished much higher than he was supposed to. And the big donor money is now switching to Rubio. That's Iowa, okay? Now let's talk about something that I really want you to remember, and I'm going to talk about Hillary's emails. Her, first, here's the law. All key players at the Department of State and in any sensitive intelligence position must sign a non-disclosure agreement, an NDA, with the federal government agreeing to be subject to severe civil and criminal penalties. Criminal. They can go to jail for violating this. Clinton has signed one. It's available on the internet if you want to see it. Everyone at state has to sign this. The people that sign these are liable for breaches of all documents in their possession that are called classified, which is secret, top secret, and in some cases above top secret. There's no such classification as above top secret. It's now called Special Access Program SAP, which is so highly classified that some people with top secret clearance can't read the documents. The personal server that she picked was kept in the closet of a guy in Colorado who administered her personal email, which was also all her Department of State email. Now here's something that you're going to hear a lot and you're going to remember what I'm going to tell you now, hopefully through the whole campaign. Hillary always says, none of those emails were classified when I got them or when I sent them. That's irrelevant. The law says by virtue of signing this contract, you are deemed to know when it should be classified. And if it is, it must be behind an impenetrable, unhackable, secure server. And it wasn't. And the rumors are the North Koreans, the Chinese, and the Russians, at minimum, have hacked that server out of the closet in an apartment in Colorado. Okay, so you've heard about General Petraeus. Everyone know who he was? 
for two to three violations, he was humiliated in public, demoted in rank, and is basically out of the service. There is somewhere between 60 and 70 emails so far that the IG has found that are tops that are secret or above, considered classified. Okay, so they're secret, top secret, and SAP. The inspector general appointed to look into this said there are so many in, um, above top secret SAP emails, I can't read them. I'm not cleared for that. And he has a top secret clearance. They were in a closet in an apartment building. There is no question she's broken the law. These are federal laws. She could go to jail for 100 years. Here's the question. Here's the important question. People from within the FBI are saying they will ask for an indictment. They go to the Justice Department. The Justice Department is run by an appointment issued by the President of the United States. And that's the big legal question. If the feds ask for indictment and it's not issued because of instructions from the White House or indications from the White House, what then? Maybe she does. Maybe she does get away with it. And that would be a tragedy. However, I can tell you this. The exit polls and the entrance polls in Iowa have said Bernie Sanders, an avowed socialist slash communist, tracks six times Hillary on honesty. So there's no question in my mind, and I've said this publicly all over the press on the shows that I've done, there's no question Hillary will be the nominee. There's no question. Don't kid yourself. It's not a race. Whoever the Republican nominee is will hit her daily on her veracity and how many times she broke the law. And Hillary will say over and over again, but they weren't classified at the time, and now you know better. Because it doesn't matter, it's not in the law. She should have known. Everyone that reads that stuff knows when it says secret stuff, oh, this shouldn't be on my Blackberry. This shouldn't be on a public server that anyone can access. This should be behind the wall, and it wasn't. We'll see what happens, but it's going to be a big issue in the campaign. Now let me talk to you about something very relevant to the United States, very relevant to San Bernardino, and that is Muslim integration, immigration into Europe. I'm going to give you some just random statistics. The Swedish police have dealt with 5,000 incidents of violence with immigrants from October through January alone and they're very concerned the problems are getting much worse. Officers in the country, this is Sweden, have been called out to 600 assaults in the last three months, four rapes, two bomb threats, 450 fights. Migrants have been involved in 194 violent threats, 58 fires, and nine robberies. That's in Sweden in the last 90 days. Here's something I bet you don't know. This is courtesy of Pam Geller, if you know who she is. ISIS has issued a handbook that Pam has published on her website. It's a handbook for Muslims to integrate into the West, blend into society, and create terrorism from within. The instruction booklet says to avoid looking like a Muslim, pretend to be a Christian, stay under the um, radar of the security services. 
This is important because it's the key to understanding our enemy and their tactics. It explains to go to nightclubs for meetings because there are loud music and drunk people and the perfect place to discuss our plans for terror. The obvious purpose of the booklet is to infiltrate the West to facilitate terror plot, plots. They're finding this booklet on Muslim immigrants in Europe. That's why they're there. If you ever look at the news, they were supposedly families with children. It's a very sad story. The vast majority are young men traveling alone between the ages of 18 and 30. No families, no kids, no old people. They will put in some channels the families, and there are some, but the vast majority are there for unknown reasons. Here's what's scary. Within our country, Every single head of every security agency has said, we cannot vet them. Their documents don't make sense. The documents are largely forged or stolen. And the places they come from do not have databases. So imagine there's somewhere between one and a half to three million um, people that have left Syria. How do you go to the Syrian government and vet somebody when they no longer have a central government and they have no computer system and they have no way to trace anybody? That's why every governor that's come out about this has said no. And the people in local neighborhoods that realize what's coming into their neighborhoods are saying no. This has been made literally a unilateral executive decision by the President of the United States. Let's put this in perspective. Sweden is going to get, it's a country of 9.8 million people, 190,000 people this year. The Social um, Democratic Foreign Minister says in the long run our system in Sweden is going to collapse because we don't have the facilities to deal with that large an influx. 190,000 people into Sweden is the equivalent of 6.5 million people in the United States every year or the size of the population of Indiana. So why do they want to go to Sweden, Germany, and other northern European countries? It's because they have an absolute wide open immigration policy coupled with a complete social welfare system. Even so, refugees going into these countries are picky. A Swedish newspaper just reported that 30 asylum seekers refused to get off a bus at a refugee center set up at a holiday park because they didn't want to be in a rural area. And so they were taken to be in the city where they demanded to be taken. Everybody know about the rapeathon on New Year's Eve? Yes. What you may not know is there were mass numbers of sexual assaults and rapes in Germany, Austria, Switzerland, Finland, and London. Europe has become a multicultural nightmare. What they got is what they're getting. But what's really upsetting, the most amount of rapes happened in Cologne, Germany. Mayor Riker's response to the assaults were suggesting that the women asked for it. And in response, she has said that the Cologne government will issue a series of guidelines to the women of Germany as to how they should behave in public so as not to incite violence against them. Are you hearing this? That, that guideline booklet is due out this week. The head Oslo professor of anthropology at the university there said, 
The high incidence of Muslims raping Norwegian women is not for the rapist to be punished, but Norwegian women should, quote, take their share of responsibility for the rapes because Muslim men find their manner of dress provocative. Muslim women, she counsels, must realize we live in a multicultural society and adapt themselves to it. That's Europe. Well, it, it, it stems from, for those of you that have studied um, Muslim cultures, women are the possessions of the men with whom they reside, whether it's a brother, a father, a husband. Um, and so they're, they're looked at as about the level of, a, of an endearing pet. And the law says you can do virtually anything. I mean, the Sharia teaches you how to beat your wife. Look it up. Read the Quran. It's there. I'm not making this stuff up. It's there for anyone to read a good translation. Sweden now has the second highest number of rapes in the world, second only to South Africa. 53.2 per 100,000. It's 600% higher than the United States. So you would think the punishments for these men perpetrating these rapes would be significant, would send a message. Let me tell you how strong these sentences are. Five of the six teens that were just found guilty of aggregated rape in Sweden on Friday uh, were sentenced to 100 hours of community service. The sixth was guilty of, attempt, guilty of attempted aggravated rape and got more than 100 hours of community service. But you would think, well, if they would have killed her, it would have been a much more significant punishment. Majid, a 17-year-old Iraqi immigrant, immigrant, stabbed his sister Maria to death, inflicting 107 wounds with two wives and a pair of scissors. She had just returned from Iraq to escape from a forced marriage. And the court established that the brother, on more than one occasion before the murder, intimidated his sister, threatened to kill her, calling her demeaning epitaphs like whore and slut. His attorney said, I thought the sentence was very strong, it was very tough, and I don't share the court's perception of the seriousness of the offense, said Mr. Johansson, a Swedish lawyer. The defense attorney got his wish. The eight-year sentence was lowered to four years. The Grand Mufti in Copenhagen sparked a political outcry after he declared that women who refuse to wear headscarves on the street are, quote, asking for rape. He said, it's not wrong, it's not as wrong raping a Swedish girl as raping an Arab girl. I hope that horrifies you. It should. And those are the same people from the same boats that are being directed to the United States right now. Everywhere they've gone in Europe, and I have, I did a radio show on this a month ago, I'll be on the radio this Sunday on a national show talking about the statistics, I get 30 minutes to give the statistics. Every single major European capital with these populations has seen a crime spree unlike anything in their history. And it's getting worse and worse because they're bringing a culture with them that is not Western and it's not based on the Bible, it's based on a weird sense of the relationship between men and women. They are not going to assimilate here, the same thing's going to happen. Okay, let's talk about Iran. This is important, but it's not all good news. In fact, I don't think any of it's good. Um, here's something you probably don't know. 
Iranian agents hacked into a New York dam in 2013. They took control of the computers. They could have shut down the water supply and the water flow to several million people uh, before they were able to effectuate the shutoffs. Um, computer experts interrupted the commands and remedied the situation. It was never announced to the press. It just came out several weeks ago when the Wall Street Journal leaked the story. You never heard that on the press, I'm sure you didn't know, but imagine if two million people had no water supply for up to three to four weeks. That's what was about to happen, and that was Iranian terrorism. Let's talk about the deal itself. The JCPOA, the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, which is the official name of the Iran nuclear deal, has been violated dozens and dozens and dozens of times since it was signed in July by Iran. Here's how bad it is. The Washington Post headline 10 days ago was, Iran provokes the world as Obama does nothing. And that's the Washington Post not known for going after the president. A UN panel has determined that Iran test-fired a nuclear-capable missile on October 10th in violation of UN resolutions, and appears likely a second missile launch occurred on November 22nd, 21st, also in violation of Security Council Resolution 1929. It also violates the JCPOA. The sole purpose of these ballistic missiles is to carry nuclear-tipped warheads long distances as far as Europe and North America. They already have missiles to hit Israel. They've had them for years. These are long-distance ICBMs, intercontinental ballistic missiles. A UN report also shows that Iran has had a very active nuclear weapons procurement and development program stretching back two decades. It is in complete contradiction to everything Iran said and everything Kerry announced at the signing of the JCPOA in Switzerland. In December, the IAEA director presented the IAEA membership with its long-awaited report on Iran's possible military dimensions, PMDs, of its nuclear program. They clearly indicted Iran for developing nuclear weapons contrary to their persistent denials that they never would and never had, but the world is willing to forgive and forget and do nothing under the Non-Proliferation Treaty. Iran was accused of not only developing nuclear weapons, but actively engaging in procurement of materials, and you know what the UN did? Anybody know? Nothing. 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 And you know what Kerry said? We will look into it, and nothing was done. According to my sources in the Middle East, Iran already has nuclear triggering devices that they've obtained from Pakistan, which is the scary part, because you have to be able to trigger the fissionable material. And every single site in Iran, write this down, that's a nuclear development site is on a military base, and every one of those military bases was declared off limits by the JCPOA, and they will never be inspected by the UN, ever. That was the deal. And we signed that deal. Yeah. Did you get what I just said? Yeah. So they got busted for developing a nuclear weapons program for two decades that they lied about in violation of gazillions of UN resolutions, which they agreed to. Under the JCPOA, they said they would never de develop nuclear weapons, and they were going to prove it by open inspections. 
I've made a, a number of comments about the original Rose Garden speech that Obama gave uh, about eight months ago where he said, we will have open any time inspections and until those inspections prove there's no weapons and there's no development program and there's no missile program, we will never release the money and pull off the sanctions. Every word he said in that speech was a lie. Every single thing he said in that speech has changed. And now we have agreed to no inspections. Do you know how many American inspectors are involved in the IAE inspection team? Anybody know? Right, zero. You know why? Because Iran said an American will never set foot in Iran to inspect anything, ever. And what did we say? Okay. Here's the wild stuff that I bet you don't know. The JCPOA was negotiated by Secretary Kerry, the Foreign Minister of Iran, and the key European nations, right, the P5 plus one. It was an agreement made for the world to disarm Iran. Any idea who signed it? Anybody know? We did. One country, the United States. One agency, the UN. Iran never signed it and has proclaimed in, I don't know, 50 speeches, they will never sign it. How many of you knew that? Okay, there's a few. It's not in the press. So you, you have to be very active researchers to know that. So as this word leaks out, Josh Ernest, who's backpedaling incredibly fast and doing a very good job of it, this JCPOA has gone from a treaty to an international agreement, to a series of understandings, to an outline, to a series of goals. And based on the fact that they violated almost everything they were supposed to do by now on certain signpost dates, 10 days ago, we gave them $150 billion. Let me tell you where the money's gone so far. The largest order for the most modern Chinese fighter jet in history was placed by Iran. They're paying cash. Who's paying for it? You are. 150 fighter jets in the first order that are the most modern jets in the world. Most of that technology was stolen from the Fort Worth F-15 plant by Chinese spies. That's the jet Iran's gonna get to replace the MiGs that are falling apart and literally can't stay in the air. The second order went to Russia for long-range ballistic missiles and anti-plane missiles and air-to-ground missiles. The third order supposedly went to Russia, but it hasn't been announced for a new nuclear reactor to be built by the Russians in Iran and possibly two more. So it'll be a total of three. And they're shopping like crazy in the international market for all kinds of off-market weaponry. Israeli intelligence says that almost all of that is going to Hezbollah, Hamas, Islamic Jihad, and Boko Haram, among other groups. These are the most vicious, murderous, anti-Christian, anti-Western values the world has ever seen. And they're being funded by our money. So when I hear that Kerry's been proposed for the Nobel Peace Prize and may very well get it. It's mortifying because American security has been so badly damaged 
that you get candidates like Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz, God bless them both, who say on the first day in office, by the way, Carly Fiorina says the same thing, the first day I get in office, I tear that up. And we go back to square one. And we inspect and we verify or we shut down the banking system. And honestly, that's our remedy. We control the International Bank of Settlements. We control the IMF. The movement of money around the world would be strangled if that chokes. And you hear all the time out of Washington, out of this White House, well, it's too late because Europe will never get on board. If Europe doesn't get on board, then they're against us and we shut off their money. And that's what Reagan would have done. And that's the only way to control this menace. Because let me tell you why it's so important. This is something I bet nobody in this room knows. Ayatollah Khomeini has rewritten the JCPOA. This is what was presented to the parliament and approved by the parliament. Never been in the American press. He added nine different conditions. If any one of them is not met, they will immediately withdraw from the agreement that, oh, by the way, they never signed. First condition. Khomeini demands that the U.S. and Europe lift all sanctions, not suspend them, and it demands solid and sufficient guarantees in advance that this will not only be done, but before Iran takes its own steps to meet any obligations under the agreement. He wants a personal letter from the U.S. President, from the EU, to lift all sanctions. And get this, any mention of any sanctions being put back in at any time by any president or any European leader in the future, they will immediately and permanently suspend any cooperation under the JCPOA. So in other words, they can do anything, and if any sanctions go back in under another one of the myriad of UN resolutions still in place, they will never honor it. That means nuclear weapons development tomorrow. Remember, now they have $150 billion. They can buy anything. Right? Pakistan sells nuclear weapons for millions. They have 150 billion. Condition two, any sanctions against Iran on any level and any pretext, including terrorism and any human rights violation by any one of the countries participating in these negotiations will constitute a violation and a reason for Iran to stop executing. That means they can do anything with terrorism worldwide, and they are. Number three, Iran is obligated following the JCPOA's adoption day to carry out its obligations concerning changing the function of the nuclear act reactor at Iraq and shipping out most of its stockpile of uranium. He has now changed the timetable, saying that Iran will not carry out these actions until after the IAEA declares that it's closing its dossier on Iran's past and future issues, including possible PMDs, possible military uh, dimensions, on Iran's nuclear program. Almost done. <laughs> Fourth. Iran will meet its obligation to renovate and change the purpose of that reactor only there after there is a signed agreement as an alternative plan for the changes to the reactor and there is a sufficient guarantee this plan will be implemented. That means they can postpone that forever because no one knows what they're going to do with that reactor site. Fifth, 
Iran will carry out its obligation to ship out its enriched uranium to another country in exchange for yellow cake on a gradual basis and on numerous occasions only after a secure agreement has been clinched to the effect, along with sufficient guarantees, that this will be implemented. That means they can do that over years. There was a timetable in the JCPOA which they rejected. Sixth, President Rouhani, get this, is supposed to expand their enrichment program right away that must allay any concerns stemming from some points entailed in the JCPOA, meaning they can absolutely expand to centrifuges of any kind designed to not create nuclear material. But that's the only reason you have a centrifuge, is to enrich uranium. Seventh, the Iranian Atomic Energy Commission will ensure continued nuclear re uh, research and development so that in eight years, when this expires, they will not be lacking in enrichment technology. What that means is they can have a bomb on the eighth year. 50 of them, 100 of them. Number eight, any ambiguity in the agreement must be concluded on the side of the Iranians. And nine, due to the apprehensions that the other side, particularly the United States, will break its promises or cheat, President Rouhani must establish a well-informed and smart panel to monitor the execution of this agreement, meaning they send people here to check on us. So Iran now has $150 billion to spend on anything they want, on any terrorism they want around the world, and there's a JCPOA that only we are honoring. Sorry, but that's the bad news and you should hear it. Um, as I said, there are a number of Republican candidates that are promising to cancel this deal. I hope it's the main platform of the GOP after the convention this summer. It's the most important thing facing America and it's something that we should all lobby for. So we, just to wrap up, we sent around a, a sign-up sheet so you can see shows that I do and newsletters that I write, and I'd love to have you in touch with us. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. It's just my name, Barry Nussbaum. And americantruthproject.org is launched, and the purpose of it is to inform people just as I have today and to get more and more people involved because we need the word out. It's not going to be on NBC, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, if, uh, the question was, do I think Barack Obama is a Muslim and how many people in his administration are Muslim? Um, I will tell you what the former director of the CIA told me over cocktails. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Let me, let me, that's why the, the CIA says it doesn't matter. What matters is his behavior. And he behaves as if his loyalty wasn't to America, but to a foreign way of life. And that's what matters. Because nobody knows what you think about when you sleep. I have a lot of evidence about it, but it's a 20-minute answer. As far as within his administration, there's a number of people that have ties directly into Iran, which is weird. Uh, 
correct, um, Valerie Jarrett among them. Um, and he behaves as though the American way of life and the defense of America and American values are contrary to his worldview. Last question. <laughs> She's asked, the question is, what can we do about this? You know, there's, there's 150 of you or whatever here today. That's why I started American Truth Project. It's to bring the truth to the American people about threats to America from foreign and domestic policy blunders that I think will affect our way of life. Contact me through ATP and we'll work together. Any more? You? Yep. Oh, I'm being cut off. Tough, tough lady here. She's already standing. Let her ask her question. We can't hear you. Last, last Wednesday, we celebrated Holocaust Memorial Day. And what the Europeans and the world doesn't understand is that when we said never again, we meant never again, meaning then in Europe, which is happening to them right now. Because that was the right I have a very personal response to your question. Both my mother and father walked out of Auschwitz in 1945. So I understand the Holocaust. And I never knew my grandparents, and I never knew my aunt, and I never knew my uncle, and I never knew my cousins. They're still there. So I get it. They're still in Poland, in the ground. So thank you for your question, and God bless you for your opinion. <laughs> oh, that's very nice. Thank you. I'll take it. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the American Truth Project, a 501c3 nonprofit. Please subscribe to our podcast and follow us on our social media channels to stay plugged in to the truth. Go to americantruthproject.org and subscribe to our newsletter to stay informed on the latest news.